Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who will have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest on this week's program is Mikkel Carter, a postdoctoral associate at Duke Center for Cognitive Neuroscience. Okay, so Mikkel, you have um, a poster here I see, something about deception and error bias and bluffing. That, that has to be good. Uh, playing poker? Uh, we're having people play a simplified poker game, yeah. Uh, not actually, only one of the opponents actually receives a card, so we have a player one who is the, uh, the subject of our study, and then we have a player two who's always the same person. Uh, so the way the game. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So there's there's one. You bring one subject to the lab, and they play against uh, somebody that works for you. Yeah, essentially, they don't actually work within our lab, but they're paid by our lab to play against all opponents. Okay, like a professional poker player. More or less, yeah. He's right over there, actually. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to him later. So and then what happens? So he receives a card, and that card can be either a low card or a high card. Um, the their low low card is what. It's just a low card, so he can never win on that with the low card if the other opponent calls him with that card. So it's always a bad card. Okay, so the, the real subject get either a, a losing card or a winning card, Right. and then what? And then they, have to, they, they get about three or four seconds to decide whether or not they want to uh, bet with that card or want to fold with that card. So it's to their advantage, uh, mostly for, for sort of a very convoluted reason, to bet on a low card some of the time. Um, and not always fold when they have a low card. And, and maybe the convoluted reason has to do something with the fact that they don't want to signal that always when they fold, it's, uh, it's a bad card? Exactly. So you want, you want the, uh, the person you're playing against to sometimes bet against a high card because you can make a lot more money that way. Okay. And is there an optimal strategy of how often they should uh, bluff on a low card? Uh, it turns out it makes very, very little difference. Uh, but you want to bluff sometimes and... Uh, yeah, beyond that, beyond that, it makes very little difference. Okay, so what you're saying is sometimes in life it's good to cheat. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> in this game, maybe. Maybe, yes. Okay, so they either bluff or, or don't, and then what? Uh, so they either bluff or they don't, and then they see a picture of their opponent, who is either uh, this, this hired player that we have, or a picture of a computer, and, the, and that's just a randomized, uh, randomized option um, that is trying to decide whether they're going to call on that person or fold against that person. Okay, so then they get the image of the next player, right. and the next player is either a computer or a real person. Right, it's the same person they originally told they were gonna play, but it's a picture of their opponent, and then that person says, uh, that person either calls or folds uh, against them. Okay, and if it's the computer, they're being told the computer is making a decision? They're being told the computer is making a decision, they're not told anything about how the computer makes a decision, uh, but, they are, but they're told it's happening. Okay, and I see you show a picture of a Macintosh 512 or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very old Apple. So, do the subjects even know this is a computer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Okay, and of course they feel good about it because it's an Apple. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then what? Uh, so, um, what we're then interested in is actually none of this sort of after period. Uh, we're interested in trying to figure out if we can predict when this person is going to bluff or fold. So we want to, we want to, we're interested in trying to identify those trials where that person intends to be deceptive. Okay, so the, particularly the bluffing, right? You want right. to understand when is bluffing happens. Right, so we're going to only examine the low card trials and ask, uh, can we tell when that person is going to bet on a low card or when that person is going to fold on the low card? Okay, so on the high cards it's always good not to fold, of course, so they never fold, not interesting. People do occasionally, but not, not appropriately. Yeah. Okay, and then, so what, what do you find? 
Um, so our, our interest is in sort of uh, a statistical or a, a classifying technique called SVM. Um, but SVM, wow, that has to be good. Oh uh, yeah, it's a support vector machines. It's an algorithm from uh, machine learning that essentially uh, attempts to do its best to separate uh, the two the two groups of uh, signals as, uh, as as well as it can. Let's let's pretend I understood it and move on. <laughs> Great. Uh, so we're actually going to take that SVM process and apply it to data from a couple of different portions of the brain. So we're going to take... A okay, wait, 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 wait. So we have brains all of a sudden. Where did yeah. we get brains from? So we've had the subject performing this task the whole time in the, in the fMRI, uh, under, under fMRI conditions. So we have them in the magnet uh, and we're collecting fMRI data throughout the entire task. So the uh, second subject is outside playing against them. Okay, so one subject is sitting in this big machine that scans their brain all the time, continuously, and the other person is sitting outside, and the person is not only inside of this machine with all the noise and the claustrophobic, but they also have to gamble. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Stressful situation. Okay, so they gamble, and you get to see what happens in their brain as they gamble. And then, right. what do you find? Uh, so we have a couple of different areas that, that we pick out from a different type of analysis that we can actually build SVM models on that do a relatively good job of, of predicting whether this person is going to bluff or fold. So we take the data from this, from this period of time before the person has actually told us whether they're going to bluff or fold and before they've planned any motor response um, and ask how well our models can do at classifying. And we can get about 80% of the trials uh, by using data from a specific area near anterior cingulate cortex. So, so basically you're saying that there are some brain areas that could predict or at least correspond to whether people decide to bluff or fall. Right, and whether, they not, whether or not they intend to be deceptive. Okay, and what's their brain, what's their brain part? Uh, so the couple of areas that we've been looking at, at least initially, are, are uh, anterior cingulate cortex or medial prefrontal cortex, uh, the anterior insula, and uh, also inferior prefrontal cortex. Okay, so these are, these are very nice names. But what do these areas do? <laughs> that's, that's a million-dollar question, right? Uh, the, the anterior cingulate cortex has been implicated in, in nearly everything you could possibly imagine. Uh, error, error detection, conflicts, uh, it, yeah, all, all sorts of things. Okay, so you're saying that the area of the brain that does everything else also does bluffing versus not bluffing? Uh, we can at least use the signal from that area to, to tell the difference, yeah. Okay, and what other areas did you find? Um, so we found the anterior insula, which is, which is also sometimes involved in, in, in processes that are actually very similar to, to the anterior cingulate cortex. Um, the, the sort of over, overarching thing is that these, things are, these are things that have been identified in previous analysis as well of uh, lie detection. So people have asked people to have asked subjects to be deceptive in other ways. Um, and all the all three of these areas actually show up in those in those studies as well. Um, so so our the our interest is not necessarily in getting a model that will classify relatively well. That's nice. Um, our interest is actually in trying to do an error analysis and see what types of mistakes our models make and see what we can say about those brain regions based upon the errors that are made when you do classification using that signal. Okay, so tell me again, what do you mean the type of errors you make? Uh, sorry, the, so what I mean the type of errors is uh, this, this uh, SVM classifier that we put together based upon a certain portion of the brain uh, is going to make some mistakes. Uh, and if it does, we can use those mistakes to try and look at what type of signal it may be examining. Okay, so you're basically saying, assuming SVM is the right way to classify brains, mm -hmm. let's see about what kind of things they get right and what kind of things they get wrong, right. and therefore we can infer something about how the that SVM... Right. Okay, so what's, 
what what do you think you found? What's the big lesson from all of this? So the one the one that we think is really interesting or could be really interesting is that there appears to be a bias uh, in one particular region uh, when the when the opponent when the when the subject is playing against a, a human or a computer. So if you ask when this particular SVM makes a mistake, is it more often making mistakes against a human opponent or against a computer opponent? It more it makes mistakes uh, more often against a computer opponent. So more mistakes against computer compared to, but not mistakes in terms of what people decide, comparison tells what the model fails to predict. Right, exactly. So, so what does this mean, that the SVM model is a good model for human-to-human -human interaction, but not a good model for human-to-computer interaction? Uh, so I don't think it's specific to SVM, it's specific to the signal that the SVM is looking at from this particular region, right? So the inference that we would like to make then is that, is that the signal, or, or that seems possible to make from that, is that uh, the signal that is coming from this particular region uh, is more likely to be associated with uh, human interaction or, hu or being deceptive towards other humans than it is uh, when you're trying to be deceptive to a computer. Um, and so since this, area, since this area has a signal that is most, more likely to be associated with human interaction, um, it's, yeah, it, it seems more likely that, that that's, a, that's the type of processing happening there. Okay, so, so is it fair to say that we're kind of somehow uh, designed, of course, to human-to-human -human interaction, and therefore the model have less errors in those things, but when we talk about human-to-computer interaction, it's a very different process. We're maybe not designed to do it, and therefore there's more error? Yeah, there, you would imagine that there are differences in how subjects think about uh, think about their opponents, right? Um, and that's actually something that we that we hope to do next to sort of look at which opponent the the subject thinks is better or worse, and see if they they make more mistakes against the opponent they think if the if the model makes mis more mistakes against the opponent they think is worse or better. Okay, so that's that's very interesting. Uh, how much do you lie in general life? <laughs> very little, very little. In poker, in poker. Already, right? Um, some, of some. course, some. It's always best, right? Okay, well, I guess so. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, Professor of Behavioral Economics at Duke University. Learn more at research.duke.edu.